Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. We're gearing up for a big day of footy for Dometic. Everything you need for adventures, big or small. Part of that is North Melbourne and Hawthorne down in Launceston. That's where we find the Kangaroos Chief Executive, Ben Amafio. Ben, welcome to Crunch Time. Oh, hi, Jared. Hi, guys. Are you feeling a, a bit of urgency about getting a win? <laughs> yes, yes. We've been waiting eight weeks now, so we're going to our ninth week. So hopefully it's today. It's the, it's the coach's birthday today, so <laughs> hopefully that's a good omen. So I guess the question is, and we've just been talking about injury tolls and how it relates to North Melbourne. D- did you forecast that it would be this tough at the start of this season? No. I mean, no, you, you always plan for it. I mean, it's, it's, that's part and parcel of, uh, of sport. So you always know you're going to get them. Um, but to have, I think we've got 15 at the moment, so 35% of our list is, is out injured. I think the, the average for the comp is around 23. So we're, we're certainly over-indexed in that respect. Yeah. So, yeah. How tough Sorry, does that make it to, to compete to win games? Yeah, of course it does, particularly when it's some of your best players. Um, you know, we've got our best and fairest, Luke McDonald's out, Aiden Kaur's out, Robbie Tarrant's out, Jed Anderson's out. So when, when it's your best players, it really does hit home. And, and your list demographic would have had you just about the least equipped to absorb those injuries. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that's being too, too unkind to say that about us. Our, our list, given the situation that we're in, um, our list probably that doesn't run as deep as other lists uh, at the moment. We, we hopefully, uh, we're on the way to eradicating that or ameliorating that. Um, but, uh, yeah, we can at least afford to do with, deal with 15 injuries at the moment. Um, but having said that, the positive is that it gives a lot of our young players an opportunity to play. So we're getting games into our very young, talented players, and that's a great thing. And how would you say a, a new coach, not a not a not an experienced fellow within football, he's lived a lot, David Noble, but he's the senior mm. coach, and and he's gone through the first two months without a win. How would you say he's absorbing that? He's holding up really well, and and that's part of the part of the appeal and, and the reason why we selected him as a coach because he's very resilient, um, he's very wise and considered. He's had a lot of experience. Um, he's, he's unflappable. <laughs> the pressure doesn't get to him. He's pretty much he's been around the block for about 27 years, so he's seen seen most things. So we were always confident that he was he was going to be a person who could deal with a lot of adversity and change and dynamism. So no, he's coping just fine. Ben Daisy Pierce here. How, how do you Hi, go Dave. about managing the messaging getting through to your players, given that you have to deal with the reality of you've got a long injury list and that come season's end, if there's a, a priority pick, you'll be you'll be getting in line to take it if, if that's what, what you think is right. But how do you manage that message getting through to your players and, and not almost um, send a defeatist kind of mentality? Yeah, no, it's, it's a key point, Dave, and I think... What the coaches concentrate on, and this is something that, that actually David spoke about this even before he joined us when he was going through the process, is that we were particularly interested in this point was how do you keep morale up? How do you keep the positivity up? What do you look for when, when the winds aren't there? And, 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 and what we're doing and, and what David's done in the past is 
looking at making sure we get the process right. I know he's been he's on the record of talking about process, but it's about all the things that lead up to not just a win, but all the things that set the foundation for a win. So it's, you know, are, are the players improving and growing? Are we developing our young players? Are they understanding the game plan? Are we winning quarters? Are we winning contested ball? Are we winning any of the KPIs that we're trying to win on a weekly basis? So there are, and as you would know from your own example, uh, there are many, there are dozens of other things that you can look at. You go, okay, these are all great indicators of growth and development, and these are successes as well. And so the coach has spent a lot of time talking about all of those wins as well. It's not just the four points. Ben, Justin Levich here. Good luck today. Um, you know, it's, it's great insight into what, you know, when I've been in that situation where you're in a team that's losing consistently and trying to get those little wins. So it's, it's terrific for the people in the North supporters to hear that, um, you know, what's going on in the background there. We, we're having a quick chat about the, uh, the soft cap just earlier. Have you got any word from the AFL what potentially might happen at season's end? Um, Lepper, I think um, that the AFL will take a very considered view on this because I think the facts are that, look, while we all think that we're out of the, out of the depths of last year, we're still, we're still haven't fully recovered. You know, we're still not out of the woods yet. Um, I think I saw a, a, a stat this week, or not a stat, but some numbers this week that showed that across the industry, we're still going to be $300 million short on revenue this year. So um, there's still a big hole that we need to fill before we get, get back to where we once were. So we've got to be really careful and very managed in the way that we get back to whether, whether we ever get back to 9.7 or whatever it is. Um, but, um, look, I think, you know, if there's areas, and clearly the coaches, the coaches have been very vocal, even the Players Association has been vocal this week about particular areas that deal with mental health and well-being. And we'll take a common sense approach to that as an industry. And if, if that's an issue, issue and we're not getting enough touch points in those areas, then we'll, we'll make sure that we increase funds in those specific targeted areas. Um, clubs aren't going to have carte blanche to just be giving um, bunches of money to be able to just dump into the soft cap to, sp- to spend at will. It'll be, I imagine, very targeted and it won't be probably anywhere near as much as what many clubs want. Is the North Melbourne view, Ben, that, that it doesn't need to move at all from the current level? Uh, Jared, look, we're, we're coping, um, we think, in terms of uh, from a financial perspective and from running the business. And, you know, we're not having people falling over um, through exhaustion or anything like that. And I think our players are feeling that they're getting enough uh, attention and love. And so I think we're coping okay. Um you know, could we do with a bit more money in the soft cap? Of course, of course, you'd love to. But we're, we're pragmatists as well, and we want to be realistic about, you know, what, what we can afford and what the industry can afford. So if the soft cap goes up half a million or less than half a million or whatever the number is, then, you know, that's fine, and, and hopefully that's affordable for everyone. Do you think it's fair, Ben, that only the coaches, the recruiters and the wages within the football department are capped, given now it's a, gone from what used to be in the course for, for clubs to remain even and equitable in what they spend on football departments to now a cost-saving exercise? Mm. Well, I guess the, the reason, if you think back to the reason why, why there was a cap put in the football departments was because that, that's the area of the business where there was clearly, there seemed to be a, a correlation between spend and winning and spend and success and, and also um, clubs were getting an advantage. 
um, in the football area. So hence, that's why the cap was concentrated on the, on the football department in the first place. Now, could, could we have ever predicted that there was going to be a, a worldwide pandemic and that now the football departments are probably uh, feeling more pain than the rest of the department, the rest of the organisation? No. Um, but, you know, I think the, I think the clubs would, uh, the clubs might um, have a very definite view about, about how much say they can have or um, latitude they can have in terms of spending outside the football department. Yeah, but do you think it's fair that it's just the coaches and recruiters that fall under this new capped saving system? Should the rest of football departments or, or media, uh, marketing, CEOs, your position, everyone through the AFL, should everyone fall under this and, and, and cop a consistent cap as well? Or do you think it should be just the, the people in the football department? What's your thoughts on that? Well, that, that was what I was just talking about just then. Um, I, I think the clubs have got to be given some latitude to be able to spend how they, how they wish to spend uh, across the rest of it. I mean, there's, we've already got a salary cap for players, so we've got a, we've got a cap for the football department. Uh, I think if there's a cap for the rest of the business as well, then, then some clubs might really arc up about the lack of flexibility to do, to do what they have to do. Um, and I don't think that's unfair. I think at the end of the day, we're all accountable to our members and to our board of, of running prudent businesses. So you're forced through <laughs> through having to deliver surpluses or at least trying to deliver surpluses and not getting too much debt um, by getting too by getting too cute in spending outside of the football department. Ben, Sam Edmundy, great to have you on this afternoon. Uh, how strong is the consideration of asking for a priority pick? Well, I think we're only eight games in, Sam, so, you know, uh, we've got another 14 games to go before we, we need to worry about that, I think. If you, if you look at um, the record over the past few years, um, it, it seems as though clubs have, have won, I don't know, call it four games or less over a, at least a two-year period uh, before they've been considered. And so we're, we're one season and eight games in, so I think it's, it's a bit premature um, if we win less than four games in our next 14, then, of course, it, it comes into play. So you haven't started working on a submission yet of any sort? No, we're not looking at it just yet. We may have to <laughs> after the bye. Or, you know, as I said, um, as we get deeper into the season, um, if, uh, if we have less than the four wins. Um, but um, as is the case at the moment, we're concentrating on... Uh, our fundamentals. We're concentrating on growing and developing our our young list and getting all those small small wins that I was that I mentioned a little before. Looks, um, that's where we're focused. Apologies. Looks a beautiful day down in Launceston. What's the latest with Tasmania and, and what would obviously be a new contract to play down there beyond this year? With obviously Colin Carter reviewing the state's case on behalf of the AFL. Where do you sit in terms of whether you're able to play there contractually next year? Yeah, so we uh, we're um, we're having discussions at the moment with Spirit of Tasmania. I, I can't speak for Hawthorne and, and what their situation is with the Tassie government. Um, Tassie government has been fantastic. Uh, just thinking of our own experience, we had a game against Melbourne a couple of weeks ago, and um, the premier's office, uh, his own chief of staff, the the uh, uh, Chief Commissioner of Police, uh, the medical people in the in the Tassie government system could not have done more and could not have been more helpful 
in making sure we got that game up. So we were thrilled about that. And so there's a great level of cooperation and good spirit between between us and the Tassie government. Um, we'll see where it lands. As I said, we're talking to Spirit Tasmania. We, we, we like the current arrangement. We think it works with Hawthorne in the north and us in the south. We love engaging with the community and uh, investing in the community, whether that be through schools or through uh, pathways or or community services, plus entertaining our 6,000, nearly 6,000 fans or supporters down here. Um, so that's that's where it sits. Uh, who knows? Colin Carter's putting his paper in. That'll be done by the 30th of July. The commission will deliberate on that before the end of the year, I imagine, and we'll see where we go from there. Ben, great to have you on Crunch Time, and good luck for the afternoon looking for that first win. Thanks, Jared. Thanks. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Guys.